On this episode of Rev Hang, Ben and I talk about the Formula One Mexican Grand Prix. Let's do it. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Rev Hang. I'm Nathan, and alongside me across the airwaves is my good friend and co-host, as always, Ben Bagley. How you doing, Ben? Doing pretty good. Just got back from a little neighborhood Halloween party, and it's been a decidedly unspooky Halloween. Uh, my fiance and I just got It Takes Two for the PlayStation to try and play that. It's actually pretty good. Yes, it is a good game. I've, I've played that. I forget who I played it with, but I played it for a little bit with somebody. It's a good one. Um, yeah, I also had a fairly unspooky Halloween. I went to a nice restaurant with my girlfriend because today is our one year anniversary. You guys started dating on Halloween? Halloween was our first date. That's pretty metal. It was, yeah. Sushi on Halloween. It was nice. It was something. Uh, but yeah, so it's the easiest, uh, anniversary to remember in the world. But you get extra points subtracted if you accidentally forget it. Um, yeah, that's that's the that's the catch there. But I don't really see that happening. But we'll see. Um, now we just got to get married on Halloween so that we can keep that going. But <laughs> yeah, getting married on holidays is always what I'd recommend for sure. <laughs> that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is not a betrothal podcast. This is a racing podcast. <laughs> uh so let's jump right in we've got some maybe not paddock news uh, i don't really know what else to call this section because we're not going back to zoomer rumors from last season uh but this is a rumor and uh it is a spicy one um so there has been a rumor flying around two rumors actually both of them surrounding fernando alonso uh, one of the rumors is that he will retire at the end of the season, which seems plausible, maybe not likely to me, but plausible. And the other one that seems less plausible, and even less likely, is that Fernando Alonso will replace Sergio Perez in the Red Bull starting next season. That's a meme. That's memeing. I think yeah. so, too. I think so, too. It would so be too. funny, though. But, I mean, let's just let's just say what if for a second. Okay, let's play it out. Fernando Alonso, his his time at Aston Martin started off great, but has only gone downhill since the beginning of the season. Right. Everybody knows Alonso is a fantastic driver, and uh, everybody knows that Checo is struggling. So let's say let's say Perez retires, or let's not even say Perez retires. Let's say Red Bull goes, "Hey, uh, Checo, you want to go back to your old team?" <laughs> It's just a straight across trade. Straight across trade. So we see Checo go back to Aston Martin, uh, which he was racing at when it was Racing Point, uh, and Force India before that. Uh, and Alonso goes into the Red Bull for one season before announcing his retirement to bridge the gap between Checo and Ricardo. Uh, what What news this would be? Again... Super unlikely. But if this happened, would we actually see a title fight next season? Mm, I, I mean, know. my heart is telling me yes, but my brain is telling me probably not. Yeah, uh, I don't know. But I think that was some spicy rumorage that I found today. <laughs> yeah. No, I think if you put, like, Norris, Hamilton, Russell in the second Red Bull seat, then, yeah, you see a title fight. 
but I don't know. Alonso, Alonso. He's he's still a, a great racing driver. Like that's not contested at all. But is he at that front row level? Uh, I don't know. I mean, he's got great strategy. Clearly, he's been doing it for a while, and he's got a lot of experience. But I can't help but see him more as a, a driver to help lead development of a team rather than a, a driver to lead a team to another constructors championship necessarily. That's fair. Yeah. Um. Anyway, that was the rumor I saw today, and decided to throw that in there because it was a little bit of spice for the podcast. It would be uh, funny. Yes, some pumpkin spice, as the season calls for. Um, but yeah, that is probably not going to happen. Uh, more likely is that he retires at the end of the season. And even that I don't think is super likely. Um, I would be more surprised if he retired than I would if Checo retired. Um, but that's a whole nother conversation. We'll save it for next podcast. We got to have some content. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Uh, well, it is Brazil, and there's a sprint race, so we'll have plenty of content next week. Oh, I forgot that it was the sprint race. Yep, the last one. Thank goodness. Or there might is there one in Las Vegas? I don't think there is. There better not be. <laughs> the only thing that can make Las Vegas worse is a sprint race before the main one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, let's go into the Mexico City Grand Prix. Uh, this is actually one of my it's one of the races that I, I I find that I actually enjoy every season that I never really think about like I never really think about oh Mexico's coming up but then when it happens uh, I think I always just look forward to turn one because turn one left one is is always something always happens in Mexico and uh, oh boy oh boy this year was no different um, yeah I actually I love the track layout mexico i do too i think the four five six complex could be a little better uh slows the cars way down and there's not really an overtaking opportunity yeah um but i love watching them go through that 12 through 17 complex yeah in the stadium section yeah for sure uh yeah i i think it's a fun track the altitude also makes it interesting a different challenge for the drivers for various different reasons uh, and then tires were also a factor this this week because they were on the softest compounds they could be on, and so tire wear was a big factor. But anyway, uh, it was a pretty crazy qualifying session. Uh, you can, well, we'll go through it and you'll see why. So, on pole position was Charles Leclerc, followed by Carlos Sainz. Max Verstappen was in third. Uh, Daniel Ricciardo took P4 in an Alpha Tauri. Followed by Sergio Perez behind him. Uh, sixth was Lewis Hamilton. Seventh was Oscar Piastri. Eighth was George Russell. Ninth was Valtteri Bottas. And tenth was Zhou Guanyu. So, in Q3, we had two Alfa Romeos, an Alfa Tauri, and Max Verstappen in P3. Weird. Uh, very weird. It was very exciting qualifying session. Uh, Lando Norris qualified a P19. He just kept messing up in Q1 and could not get a clean lap on the board. Uh, Albon was almost into Q3, but had his lap time deleted, and so he was relegated in Q2. Um, 
And then Yuki Tsunoda qualified P15, but unfortunately had an engine penalty and so started from the back of the grid. All right. Going into the race, Verstappen and Perez got great jumps on the start. Uh, Perez and Leclerc, going into turn one, made some uh, classic Mexico turn one contact. And uh, that ended Perez's race. He flew up in the air, landed pretty hard, and had a ton of side pod damage. Uh, so his race was over. Perez or Leclerc got away with it. For the most part, he did have some wing damage. Uh, and then Verstappen was able to get away in the front of the pack. Hamilton and Ricardo fought for P4 until Hamilton finally got past after 11 hard-fought laps. Uh, Lando Norris quickly made his way through the field at the beginning of the race, up to P8 by lap 31. On lap 33, Kevin Magnussen hit the wall and caused a red flag after a suspension failure. Uh, this gave every car a free pit stop and shook up the strategies quite a bit. On the restart, Verstappen got a good enough start to maintain the lead. Uh, Norris did not get a good start, dropping from P10 at the time to P14, but he was eventually able to make up those positions. On lap 40, Hamilton passed Leclerc for P2. On lap 48, Piastri and Sonoda made some light contact into turn 2, but both of them got away with it. Uh, but then, just one lap later, Sonoda drove right into the side of Piastri into turn 1, spinning himself out and sending him to the back of the pack. On lap 60, Norris passed Ricardo for P6, and then seven laps later, he passed Russell for P5. Uh, Ricardo chased Russell down at the end of the race, but was unable to pass him on the last lap, but watching an Alpha Tauri chase down a Mercedes was quite entertaining. All right, that runs off the race. Uh, let's go through the results real quick, and then we'll talk about it. Uh, the winner of the race was Max Verstappen. Second and third were Hamilton and Leclerc. Fourth and fifth were Sainz and Norris. Six through ten was Russell, Ricardo, Piastri, Albon, and Ocon. Uh, Eleven through fifteen, running off the finishers, were Gasly, Tsunoda, Hulkenberg, Joe, and Bottas. And then we had five retirements, and they were Logan Sargent, Lance Stroll, Fernando Alonso, Kevin Magnussen, and Sergio Perez. All right, so some things to talk about in this race. Uh, Lando Norris was the driver of the day, as voted by the fans, and uh, it shouldn't have been anybody else. Yeah, no, you always talk about seeing Hamilton or Verstappen make their way through a field after starting from an engine penalty or some freak mechanical accident or something like that, and just carving their way through the field, but Norris did pretty much the exact same thing here at Mexico. And it was it was pretty cool to see somebody who wasn't a Mercedes or a Red Bull be able to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he actually carved his way through most of the field like three times. Uh, his first stint, he was on soft tires when everybody else was on either mediums or hards. And so he had a short stint starting from 19th. I think he made it up to 14th by the end of the first stint, which was only was like less than 10 laps. And then his second stint, he made it from, I think he started in like 18th again in that stint, made it all the way up to P8 uh, by the end of that stint, and then pit under safety car when Magnuson crashed. But if, unfortunately, I was I was screaming at the TV. Uh, they decided to chance that it would not turn into a red flag 
and that uh, it would just be a safety car. So Norris pitted to get that cheap pit stop, but then came out two positions back, and uh, then the red flag came out, and everybody else got a free pit stop. So did not work out for McLaren very well, <laughs> and I was like yelling at the TV, like, whatever you do, do not pit Norris, and they did. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, then he obviously started 10th, dropped back to 14th because he did have a pretty poor start um and then made his way all the way back up to what p5 i think he finished yeah by the end of the race so if he didn't have the bad luck the bad start uh if he started in the top 10 he would have definitely been on the podium probably p2 because he was just that fast this week yeah yeah root I can't remember, were any of the uh, strategies predicting a like a possible one-stop for teams or uh, I think because I was looking, oh, it looks like Alcon did Alcon a one-stop, did a one-stop so. but that would have been the red flag, so uh, I think one-stop yeah. was like kind of a stretch. Um, well, maybe. It, yeah, I was going to say it was Norris just kind of lucked out i know he kind of had an unfortunate strategy during the red flag but he really kind of lucked out with being able to keep the field so close together with the the spacing of the various incidents yeah in addition to just really timing uh the other pit stops pretty well strategy and i because when i saw he was on soft it's like there's no way that's gonna work like everybody else is gonna be going for like a one or two stop and then just Everyone's running two or three stops. I mean, Verstappen won with three pits. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, it worked out really well for him. It was, it was cool to see him given the opportunity to show off uh, just some good racing and strategy. For sure. Lando Norris and turn one overtakes. Name a better duo. <laughs> I'll wait. Um, Perez and going off at turn one. Oh, there we go. <laughs> there uh, we speaking go. of which, nice segue, Ben. Uh, yeah, Perez is not... <laughs> this poor guy i feel so bad for him he's uh having a rough end to his season um i really was hoping he would find some mojo in mexico this is yeah this is really his chance to kind of get some uh positive sentiment and get some points back yeah uh but uh he went for all the glory in turn one and uh paid the price for it um the incident was, I would say, a racing incident, but definitely more his fault than Leclerc's. Yeah, it's pretty clear that he just turned in on Leclerc. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's just it's kind of getting hard to watch at this point. I think it's just he just he just can't seem to figure it figure it out anymore. I don't know what his. I mean, he's he's got two hundred forty points in the championship, but I think he's been hovering around that for like since the summer break yeah uh, he's kind of in a similar spot to logan Sargent, honestly in mindset i feel like or at least the way that he's been racing yeah seems like it um but yeah i mean i if he doesn't finish second in the championship uh i would be very <laughs> wary of of his seat if i were him <laughs> uh, yeah it really didn't help that hamilton came in second to this race yeah, Hamilton's only 20 points behind Perez now, so if... I mean, that's less than a race win. 
Um, yeah, my friend just has to not finish the next race, and then it's it'll be all pretty much up. signed. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got three races left. Uh, there's a twenty point gap between Hamilton and Perez, and uh, I would I would not be surprised if Hamilton was able to pass Perez by the end of the season. Um, yeah, which would be kind of, kind of. That'd be kind of a crazy comeback. That'd be yeah, it'd be pretty nuts, uh, and not a good luck for Perez at all. Uh, no, unfortunately, it's like he's such a nice guy, and I feel so bad for him. But it's that's the way Formula One is. If you don't perform, you're you're kind of out. <laughs> um, yeah, but nothing is set in stone yet. I mean, technically, he is under contract going through next year. Um. Yeah, and it sounds like he still has team support, which is good. That is a lot for well, somebody's mentality. That's well, he has some team support. He has some team support minus helmet Marco, uh, <laughs> and <laughs> I mean the also, the other thing is is like, what are you gonna say as the team principal? Like, no, we hate our driver. Like that's gonna that's not that, gonna help that's anything. True. Yeah. Uh, so I think there's always gonna be that. Yeah, we have full confidence in him. Uh, we just need to help him get back on track, kind of stuff. But behind closed doors. Uh, I think there's some serious conversations going on right now um, about what they're going to do because Mercedes is rapidly catching and closing the gap between themselves and Red Bull. And it's, I mean, thinking about it, I was thinking about this during the race. It seems like the gap between Red Bull and the rest of the field has closed in the last, I mean, since the summer break, probably. Um, while Verstappen is still way ahead, uh, I think the car advantage is starting to slip a little bit from where it was at the beginning of the season. Oh, yeah. Um, between Mercedes and Ferrari and McLaren, I think all three of those cars are starting to make serious headway towards that Red Bull. Uh, the one thing that needs to be noted is that this car was developed, uh, under penalty, they had, uh, I think, 60% of their... I th- or they had like a 10% wind tunnel testing penalty uh, because of the cost cap penalty they incurred uh, two seasons ago. Um, so this car was developed with that in mind, and so this next year's car will have full testing and uh, everything like that. So it's uh, they've probably also been developing next year's car since probably a quarter of the way through this season. Um, so I, I I would be surprised if Red Bull didn't come out as the best car again next season. But I think it's going to be closer next year than it was this year. And A lot of teams did a lot of learning this year. And you saw yeah. that a lot after summer break because you saw some much faster cars like the Ferrari and the Mercedes that are yeah. starting to be able to keep up. I mean, Hamilton was only 14 seconds behind Verstappen at the end of the race, which is yeah. not the same deltas we're used to seeing. Right. And Hamilton had to pass a bunch of people to get there. So um, I think, honestly, I think that Mercedes is going to be uh, at least more of a challenge next year. I think Mercedes has the best shot at taking the largest step forward uh, and possibly McLaren too, because they've just been doing leaps and bounds better as the year goes on but they always seem to start slow and then finish well so we'll see what happens 
Uh, Mercedes, yeah. McLaren also always seems to make progress, and then we're always excited for the next season, and then we're like, oh my god, they're the <laughs> they new... start all over again. They're the new Haas. Like, <laughs> the last two years, they've been the slowest car in the first race, so uh, we'll see what happens. Um, but Yeah, but even if they're not challenging for World Drivers Championship, I think they'll definitely be solidly in the running for uh, the Constructors Championship. Yeah, I think so too, and I think that's why red bull are going to start having these conversations about is perez going to seal us a constructors championship next year if he can't even finish second in the most dominant car that's ever been driven on an f1 track yeah because i mean you look at like hamilton and russell like they're a pretty good duo we haven't really seen them scrap all that much on the track but Mm -hmm. they've been consistent and just being able to kind of work together and bring in consistent points which is why mercedes is Pretty far ahead of the other teams right now in constructors. Yeah. Well, I say pretty far. It's like twenty points, but you know. Yeah. Well, they they didn't. They were they started pretty solidly in the midfield this year. Uh, yeah. So definitely a comeback uh, throughout the season for them. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you remember, it was Red Bull, and then Aston Martin was second, followed by Ferrari, and then Mercedes was like fourth. And they were like fighting with Alpines. Like it was, they were a midfield team at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Um, so definitely a great comeback from them. Looking at the Drivers' Championship, uh, it's all sorts of rainbow colors. There's no, there, there, it seems like <laughs> last year, if I remember right, last year it was just blocks of two all the way down the, all the way down the grid for most of the year. Uh, yeah, you're definitely seeing drivers driving the snot out of their cars and hitting that limit yeah um hamilton has definitely outperformed russell this year it doesn't feel like it but if you look at the points that is definitely the case um and then science also has outperformed leclerc this year and i don't think leclerc leclerc can really blame bad luck because i don't think he's had any super bad luck this year uh science has just been super consistent uh, and also won that race in Singapore, so that helped him a lot. Yeah, yeah, I like the uh, Science v Alonso fight. Yeah, I think that'll be interesting to see who comes out on top because Science clearly is the better car, but Alonso got a huge boost at the start of the season. So I don't think yeah. Alonso will be holding on to that tie for long at all. If Alonso finishes, we got three races left. Uh, I. Th- Think, if he finishes ahead of Piast, well, no, Piastri is too far. Yeah, ahead of Russell. I think that'll be a feat. Yeah, if he can manage to stay ahead of Russell, because there's what a seventeen is that seventeen point gap to Leclerc behind him. Yeah, I don't see him finishing ahead of Leclerc. Uh, yeah, and I mean even to Russell, that's thirty-two points. Yeah. But three races, 32 points, that's an average of 10 points a race, so he'd have to get, like, fourth. Uh, Yeah, he'd have to basically finish fourth in all the races with Fernando DNFing all the rest of the races or getting no points to catch him. Alonso's DNF to the last two races. That is true, but George Russell has not finished fourth in the last two races. Has he really not? No. Uh, I don't remember where he finished in... Where did he finish in the U.S.? He might have finished fourth. 
but anyway, uh, I don't I don't think Russell's going to be able to pull an average of fourth place for the remaining three races. I gotcha. Um, so I think he'll probably finish seventh behind Leclerc, but ahead of Russell. That's that's going to hurt as a drop. Yeah, I think what's going to be really interesting is to see if Lando can pass Science. Ooh. Uh, seems like that's that's going to be a, a closer one, I think. Yeah, that'll be a good one. Um, but anyway, so uh, moving on in our talking points, Danny Ricardo is absolutely killing. Well, he killed it this week. Uh, he hasn't had enough time, I don't think, to have solidly proven himself. Um, but... Oh boy, did he take a step in the right direction this week. Uh, qualifying P4 on pure pace in that Alpha Tauri. Uh, he was fast all weekend long. And um, yeah, he maintained the P4 for 11 laps over a Mercedes. And then almost finished 6th. If he had one more lap, he probably would have finished 6th passing Russell. Um yeah, I really lo- I liked watching Ricardo fight with Hamilton. It was like the good old days. Yeah, for sure. He uh, definitely drove the wheels off of that AlphaTauri, and then also slung shot AlphaTauri into eighth place in the Constructors Championship, running them a nice, cool twenty million dollars. Uh, so definitely great result from Ricardo, and uh. Yeah, with that happening this week for him, and then uh, Perez going out on lap one, uh, <laughs> pretty much a worst case scenario in terms of what Perez wanted from this race. Yeah, it does make me wonder about Sunoda though, because I mean we saw Lawson get into the car and also kind of start to outperform him so early, and then yeah. You see Ricardo jump into the car and also start doing the same thing. So is it well, the driver? Or is it a little bit their their teammate that they're outperforming too? Uh, it it's like what is the car capable of versus who's driving it? It's hard to know. Yeah, uh, I since Sunoda has been in the sport, I have been. Uh, this is gonna sound super harsh, but I've just been really underwhelmed. Um. He did actually pretty good for his rookie season. His rookie season was not bad. Um, it wasn't like on the level of Piastri's rookie season. No, but he scored points in his first race, and he then did. from there he's able to be kind of consistent at least. Well, yeah, I think he scored points in his first race, and then it didn't score again until after the summer break. But uh, oh, maybe what was I thinking? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I mean, his rookie season wasn't bad. He was a rookie. Uh, it's not on sergeant levels. It's not on DeVries levels. Uh, but still. pin levels. N- yeah. Well, I mean, now he's he's three years into his F1 seat at AlphaTauri and hasn't shown enough signs of improvement for me to where I think he deserves to still be in that Red Bull track. Because, I mean, if you think about what AlphaTauri is, it's the Red Bull B team. It's where they train new up-and-coming talents to possibly put them in the Red Bull seat. And I just don't realistically see Tsunoda ever stepping into that second Red Bull seat. That makes sense. Um, okay. I can see it from that point of view. So, 
I mean, he's good enough to be an F1, but I think it's time for Red Bull to let him go. Put Lawson in there, or Ayumu Iwasa, or um, what's the other guy's name? I forgot. Uh, Alex Pillow. <laughs> well, I wasn't gonna go there, but uh, <laughs> uh, at this point, I think that's that's a that's not gonna happen. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's just, there's there's people waiting in the ranks that I think deserve a shot. Um, and. Uh, I, uh, unfortunately, I don't see Yuki Tsunoda getting picked up by any other team if he were dropped by Alpha Tauri. Uh, other than maybe Alfa Romeo, if they decide to make a change. I guess, but, even but who still... would they be replacing? Bottas is outscoring Tsunoda, even if it's only by a little bit. And Yeah. I mean, Joe's pretty pretty close to there, and he's much younger. Yeah. It's it's really hard to know what's gonna happen uh, with AlphaTauri, um, but yeah, I'm surprised they signed him again for next season. Uh, so, but we'll see. He could he could break out next season, but I'm just thinking like if you look at the other drivers that were in AlphaTauri for you know three seasons into their career, uh, you've got. Drivers like Gasly, who three seasons into his career was absolutely insane in that AlphaTauri. He won a race in the AlphaTauri. Uh, you've got people like, uh, well, Albon wasn't in the AlphaTauri, but he came out of that whole area and then was thrust into a really high-pressure environment. And now he's uh, probably four or five seasons in by now, but three seasons in, he was even still doing great. Yep. Um, my point is, is people like Gasly and Albon who came through that program, I think have impressed me a lot more than Sonoda ever has. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, but again, that's probably just a little harsh of me. Um, I'm just a, uh, you know, backyard F1 fan. Um, but you know, we watch a lot of it. So. That is true. We watch. That's got to come every time it's on. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we'll see what happens with AlphaTauri. Ricardo is doing fantastic. I think he uh, is on the right track, and if he can make this move to Red Bull and then hold his own in a Red Bull, which is a completely different conversation, and I'm not sure if anyone can actually meet Red Bull's expectations against Max. Um, I think he can save his image. Because I think McLaren was very damaging for him. Uh, but uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, moving on, we've got Hamilton and Perez in the fight for P2. We talked about that a little bit. Uh, 20 points separate them. That's not a lot. <laughs> and then Aston Martin struggles we talked about a little bit. But now they've had two. They've had a double DNF this race. They had a DNF last race. Uh, Fernando Alonso has not finished the last two races. And even if he did, he would not have scored points. Uh, I don't know what happened to Aston Martin. It just seems like since the summer break, they've just plummeted. Uh, yeah, I know that... I think even especially in this race, they're trialing new parts on the car. Yeah. And testing stuff like that. For, I think last race, Stroll had the upgrades. And then this race, maybe Alonso had some of the changes. Or did they change Alonso's car back to... 
Oh, it was before. I think they changed Alonzo's back to what it was before. But, yeah, I mean, looking... But it doesn't seem like anything's sticking now. Yeah, but I think it's all development and testing because, I mean, if you look at the Constructors' Championship, I think they've given up on any hopes of staying with McLaren or Ferrari. I mean, obviously, Ferrari's way too far ahead, but even McLaren. But they've got a hundred and, what, 35-point gap to Alpine below them in sixth. In the way Alpine's yeah, so they can performing. afford to go on a little bit of a money save, huh? Yeah, they could. I mean, they are going to finish fifth in the championship at this point. Um, so I think them throwing on all these test things in racing scenarios actually might not be the worst move. Uh, it's just going to be a little frustrating in the meantime because they're not going to score many points. They are giving up the positions in the driver's championship as a result of that. Um I mean, Stroll's 11th place in the championship is not safe. Alcon could easily pass that in three races. Albon is probably not as likely, but Alcon's only eight points behind him in the championship. Uh, so that's, what, two good performances out of Alcon, and he'll be tied if not past him. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, don't really need to go through the championships much. Everybody knows where everybody's at. Uh <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so with that all being said, uh, that was the Mexico City Grand Prix. Uh, pretty good race, uh, fairly entertaining, especially towards the end. Um, let's move on to the Pit Stop Championship. Uh, in first place this week was Carlos Sainz in the Ferrari with a time of 2.35 seconds. Not the fastest pit stop we've seen. Um, certainly not the slowest. Uh, and then second and third were Ricardo and Verstappen. Fourth and fifth were Leclerc and Stroll. Six through ten was Hamilton, Norris, Russell, Gasly, and Alonso. Going through the standings real quick. Uh, and we will go through these standings because it is actually, shockingly, getting kind of close, especially in the constructors. Uh, so, in first place is Sergio Perez at 293 points. Leclerc is in second with 239. Norris is in third with 227. Verstappen is next with 174. Sainz with 169. Piastri with 111. Tsunoda with 110. Ocon with 108. Gasly with 80. Stroll with 77. Alonso with 52. Russell with 45. Hamilton with 42. DeVries with 36. Ricardo with 36. And Lawson with 30. Uh, Sergeant with 23, Joe with 23, Bottas with 13, Albon with 11, Magnussen with 9, and Hulkenberg with 4. Alright, <laughs> lots of names there. Uh, Haas has <laughs> the worst pit crew, it, it seems, <laughs> by a country mile. Um, yeah. Alfa Romeo and Williams are not far behind. Uh, which is weird because Williams usually has a really good pit crew. Um, and then Mercedes also down there in what looks like seventh place in the championship in the constructors for the Pistach championship. Uh, but what's exciting is Ferrari is starting to catch up to Red Bull in the constructors championship. Uh, Do you think they'll be able to catch up to Red Bull before the end of the season? Uh, it's hard to say, but if they can, I mean, it's a, what, it's a 59 point gap, 
but if you think about a double DNF versus a first second, that's like a 25 plus 18, that's like a, what, 43-point swing. Uh, so with three races left, probably not likely, but definitely still possible. Um, so I thought that was interesting because usually Red Bull runs runs away with it in the pit stops too, like by hundreds of points, but Ferrari is actually clawing back into it. Um, so I just noticed that. I thought that that was a mentionable little tidbit there. Um, but all right, moving on to the overtake of the week. I gave this to Lewis Hamilton on for his uh, uh, overtake on Charlotte Claire on lap 40 of the race. Uh, this is the one where Hamilton dove into the grass on the side of the track <laughs> to get past him on the straight and into turn one. Uh, this was kind of a toss-up. Norris ha- also had a couple of fantastic overtakes. Um, yeah, Norris's last overtake on... Uh... On Russell? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was definitely... That... I like that one. That was good. Yeah, he crossed him up a couple times. That one was probably the runner-up. And then Norris's overtake on Ricardo was also really good. Yeah, um, but you can't you can't give away the place to someone who didn't just pass in the grass. Yeah. on a street. If you go into the grass and make the pass happen, that is uh, <laughs> that's impressive. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's our overtake of the week. There were some pretty spectacular overtakes, though. Um, so congrats to Lewis for taking the cake on that one, turning F1 into uh, the World Rally Championship. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's a racing series I want to see. Yeah. F1 car, F1 drivers in uh, W or the acronym WRC. Yeah. Uh, have you watched the uh, uh, what is it called? Is the Race of Champions? I think I heard of that. I think it's the I Race of Championship. I never actually watched it though. So, Race of Champions is a rally adjacent series. I mean, it is rally. They're driving WRC cars essentially. Uh, where they get these top-tier racing drivers from different countries and you get basically two drivers from each country that become a team. So, it's countries facing off against each other. Um, and they just do these like, su- like short power stage, uh, rally races, and it's like those rings where you have two two cars driving around the ring at the same time, on these two different sections of oh, the track okay. kind of thing. Uh, but usually it's done in the snow or in different conditions. Uh, it's pretty fun. It's fun to watch, but um, usually it's F one drivers that uh that end up. Oh. And it's sometimes they get some rally drivers, sometimes some WEC drivers, just depending on the countries and what their what their uh, stockpiles are on F1 drivers. But so <laughs> I think last year the German team was Sebastian Vettel and uh, Mick Schumacher. Okay, I think I remember hearing something up about that at least. Yeah, and then there was uh, I think one year the. Finnish team was like Kimi Raikkonen and Mika Hakkinen uh, or something like that. Um, and so, yeah, they just have these, you know, top name racing drivers from around the world come up and team up with their fellow countrymen against other other countries. It's, it's pretty fun to watch. Uh, 
But if you're itching for F1 drivers in rally cars, that would be <laughs> where I suggest you look. <laughs> oh, well, okay. I'll give it a look then. Awesome. Um, all right. So let's move on to our weekly predictions. Uh, we'll go first with this week's uh, in the Mexico City Grand Prix and then Brazil later on for our future predictions. All right, Ben. Uh, this was not a good week for us. <laughs> no, it was not. At least we were both equally bad. This is true, yeah. Well, we were all kind of dancing around the right answers, but n- none of them really landed. Uh, so, all right. Uh, we both had Perez way too high up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so to remind everybody of the top five, it was Verstappen, Hamilton, Leclerc, Sainz, and Norris. Uh, what'd you say, Ben? So... Obviously, we got Verstappen right for the first place. Um, but after that, it gets a little dicey. So I had Norris second, Sainz third, Hamilton fourth, and I had poor Perez in fifth place. And then I had Alexander Albon as my dark horse. Yep. Uh, I had Verstappen winning, so I got that right as well. But I had Perez finishing second, uh, and then Norris, Hamilton, and Piastri. Um. Yeah, and then my dark horse was Fernando Alonso. <laughs> uh, I don't think he's going to get my dark horse slot again this season. <laughs> um, but, all right. Uh, fastest lap went to Lewis Hamilton this week. Uh, what was your guess for that, Ben? I had Norris. And I had Perez. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, driver of the day went to Lando Norris. And we both said Perez. Uh, yep. So, oh boy, yeah, that was not. We put a lot of a lot of chips on Perez this week, and it really didn't work out for us. Uh, I mean, if he was gonna do well in a race, it was gonna be this one, right? Um. Yeah. But alas, that is not what happened. So we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I don't. Oh. Uh, anywho, anywho, that's that's enough Perez bashing. Not that we're trying to, but it's just hard not to. <laughs> um, uh, we had someone tell us that they thought that we hated Perez, <laughs> and we had to tell them that uh, we, in fact, do not hate Perez. I, as a matter <laughs> of fact, love Perez. I think he's a super nice guy, and I love that he's got a full-on family and is still racing an F1. Uh, and he's about as close as we had to an American driver for like the past few for years. For a long so. time. Yeah, because Canadians don't count. Uh, no. <laughs> um, but anyway, it's it's just hard to not talk about someone who's driving the most dominant car in decades. It's so high profile. It's so high profile, and he can't seem to figure it out where his teammate is yeah. breaking records left, right, and center. So it's not that we hate Perez. It's just that on paper he should be performing better, and he's just not. Yep, and he, he has the unfortunate analog of following up the Hamilton-Bottas combo, where, you know, Bottas was just so consistent. You know, if Hamilton wasn't first, then Bottas was on the podium with them. Yeah, whereas that's not necessarily the case with Verstappen and Perez. It it, it kind of yeah, was. Cannot bet on that anymore. It kind of was for the first couple seasons, uh, but this season I don't know what's happened. But Perez can't figure the car out, or or yeah. he's just and in his head too much. We didn't see much. that with Bottas. Yeah, even. 
So yeah, it it's unfortunate that he's had such a close analog in the Hamilton Bottas combo. Yeah, uh, and that really kind of puts a stark light on his performance recently. Yeah, for sure. Um, but anyway, uh, that's enough talking about Perez for now. Um, uh, all right, let's move on to our predictions for the Brazilian Grand Prix in Sao Paulo. Uh, give me your top five, Ben. All right. So I've got, again, the human free bingo spot, Max Verstappen. And then behind him, I've got Norris and I have Piastri in third, which I think would be interesting. I didn't want to go straight to the Hamilton getting second because it's Brazil. Uh, so I put him in fourth because, I mean, he's still doing pretty well, but I want to give Piastri a chance. Maybe Piastri is the next one to get his Brazilian citizenship. Uh, and then after that, I have Carlos Sainz, all reliable. And then my dark horse, maybe a little cheating after seeing this week's performance, maybe not, who knows, is Daniel Ricciardo. Gotcha. Uh, well, I am not afraid to go with the safe picks this week. Uh, I've got Verstappen in first because it's Verstappen. I've got Hamilton in second because it's Brazil. And I've got Russell in third because he won here last year. Uh, and then I have Lando in fourth and Sainz in fifth. I think Sainz has been the more consistent Ferrari driver this year. Uh, even though Leclerc did finish higher than him in Mexico, I see Sainz finishing higher than Leclerc this race. Uh, and then Norris uh, obviously has been fantastic. And then my dark horse... Is Sergio Perez. Ouch. Uh, yeah. Don't expect him fully to be in the top five, but he is in a Red Bull, so it could... Oh, my God. I see why people think we hate <laughs> Perez. Uh, <laughs> anyway, moving on. Wait, wait, wait. Cut that part. we got to redo the list. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, take that as you will. Um, fastest lap. Give me your prediction, Ben. Uh, I've got Verstappen, and I have Hamilton. And uh, driver of the day. Driver of the day. What you got? I have Piastri because if Piastri does get a podium in Brazil, I think that would be killer. It would. It would in fact be killer. I also have Hamilton as driver of the day. They love him down there, and uh, I think he will put on a show. Um, Hamilton loves Brazil. It's one of his best tracks. So. Yep, uh, those are our predictions cool. for this coming weekend. Uh, I love triple headers. It's been a while since we've had one. Um, but uh, here we are. And then we are almost at the end of the season, which is kind of sad to say. Uh, the season was a long one, but also kind of flew yeah, by I was going to say, it time. feels like this season has been going on forever. Yeah. It's weird. It feels like the second half of the season flew by, but... Like Bahrain feels like two years ago. <laughs> yeah, uh, I forgot. I forget about Bahrain until I think about or I see the schedule. I was like, shoot, we did race in Bahrain at the start, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. All right, Ben, uh, we got one more segment, and it is all yours. Give me your witch of wisdom for this week. Well, this one actually, I'm kind of sharing it with Emily, but uh, it's to plant your perennial bulbs before the uh, the real big frost sets in. And here in the Willamette Valley, we just kind of got our first big frost week. So kind of run out of time. So get your perennial bulbs in now. They'll do fine in the dirt during the winter. But if you, if you don't get them in now, you're not going to get a chance to plant them before spring. And 
by then you're going to kind of miss out on that time frame. So if you want your tulips and your daffodils and whatever all bulbs you have in your garage, uh, you're running out of time. So get them planted. Alrighty. Yep. Good stuff. That's Ben's homeowner words of wisdom. Yeah. Plus Emily. Master gardener right here. Oh yeah. Alrighty. <laughs> thank you for that, Ben. And thank you, the listener, for listening to this episode of Rev Hang. If you enjoyed it, leave a like or rating on the platform you listened on. It really helps us out. If you want to see updated standings for IndyCar and F1 or a calendar of upcoming racing from all sorts of different series, check out our website at RevHang.com. If you have a question about racing or about us, hit us up on X using hashtag RevHangPodcast, and we may feature your question on the next show. You can also hit us up on Instagram. I'm actually more likely to see it there. (laughs) <laughs> just dm me please i'd love to talk to you uh, you can also follow ben on instagram at benji meets world and myself at 2n underscore squared you can follow the rev hang page at rev hang media we'll be back in a week to talk about the formula one brazil grand prix in sao paulo but until then i have been nathan and i've been thanks for hanging out guys see you later <laughs>